Um, this is Darren and Sarah Martin, and Darren, Darren Martin is going to be sharing uh, this morning with us a little bit what God's placed on his heart, especially in our teaching time. But Dara, Darren and Sarah are also going to tell us about a new venture that they're part of. And today is the first day in a series that we're calling A City Connected. So for the next four weeks, we are going to have guests like Darren and Sarah come and join us and tell us what their ministries are doing in Hamilton. And so um, we just think this is an amazing opportunity for us to be part of the kingdom, right? It's not all about us in Westside. This is also about what God is doing in our city. And so earlier today I was saying, it wasn't just Hamilton. This is part of the greater Hamilton area. So I was going to say GTA, GHA. Is that, mm-hmm. is that a real thing? Mm-hmm. The greater Hamilton area, especially at uh, Westside, we talk a lot about Dundas and Castor in this area. So I thought what I'd do to begin this series off is that we'd give a little bit of an interview here with these guys, find out what they're doing, and then hand the platform over to Darren. That's good? Okay, good. Okay, Darren, you start then. What brought you to sort of get to this point where, actually, sorry, give us, give us a, a little bit of where you guys are coming from, maybe a little bit of your ministry experience, and then Sarah, right after that, you tell us a bit more about your family. Is that okay? Okay, yeah. Sure. So we are from Hamilton. We've been in Hamilton a long time. I grew up in Hamilton, kind of West Mountain. Uh, I grew up at a small Baptist church, downtown Hamilton, called Stanley Avenue Baptist. So we knew West Side because we used to play baseball against them. <laughs> way back in the day. And uh, I've been a youth pastor at the Meeting House for a long time, which is where I've met some of you. Uh, I've also, that's not where I met John. I met John when I was a youth pastor, when he was Canadian Youth Network. And that goes way back too. But I've kind of, from Hamilton, went away to Bible College, met a nice girl. We got married and moved to Oshawa. I was at another church there and then came back to work at the Meeting House back in 2006. And have most recently been at a church in Burlington that's part of the Christian Missionary Alliance that's called the Groundswell Church, and I was the associate pastor uh, focusing on worship and small groups at that church, and that just ended last Sunday, so this is my first Sunday not working there. Sarah, what about your family? Okay, so um, we've been married 23 years, and we have three girls. Um, our oldest, Abigail, is at the University of Windsor, and uh, she's connected there with Power to Change, which has been a really transformative thing for her, so that's been really great. Um, Naomi is here with us this morning. She's getting ready. She just graduated from grade 12 and getting ready for a gap year and is heading to Botswana in a couple of weeks for about four months. And, uh, and then our youngest daughter, Leah, is 16, and she's working at a camp called Wesley Acres on the other side of Toronto. And so... Uh, as soon as Naomi goes in a couple of weeks, we'll kind of be trying out the empty nester thing for a bit, which is a new thing for us. So that's a bit of an adjustment. <laughs> that's amazing. That's super. Okay, so I apologize for calling you a church planter. No, no, okay. No, no, and I'll no tell offense. you why. It's because earlier this morning we were chatting, because each week we're going to have somebody that's from a different, doing a different kind of ministry in the Hamilton area. I called you church planters. So correct me with this church planting language. What are you guys up to? So we, with, within the Alliance, we, have, we call our, our church plants new ventures. And the reason we use that language is just because not all of them look like move into a city, find a building, start meeting, having worship services. And our group is very much um, focusing on kind of small groups. Um, another word, like micro church, is another way to sort of think of it. But we currently have been meeting since November in homes, uh, in one home. Um, and 
the idea of church planting sort of implies some things, and also other churches in the area start to get their backs up a little bit, like, oh, wait a minute, I thought we're the one that's planting in Dundas right now or whatever. And so just to let you know that there is a church being planted into Dundas called Mountainside that certain people on the stage have certain close connections to. And I I have met with that pastor and uh, it was amazing just to kind of hear. What we're doing is kind of coming alongside. And I'll explain that more as as we're talking about the process of our discerning into this. But we we are really wanting to come alongside almost a parachurch ministry, almost like missionaries, to walk alongside with other needs that God gives us to be able to come alongside and support, rather than we're going to become this thing that we're recruiting people to and inviting people. Uh, we are inviting people into it, but we're not sort of taking them away from their current church as well. And why Dundas? Hmm. That's a good question. So, um, uh, that's, that was actually a big question for me. Uh, about a year and a bit ago, Darren came to me and he's like, you know, Sarah, I've been praying and I feel like God's nudging me in the direction of Dundas. And I was like, Dundas. So we live near the stadium, near Gage Park, and we've been there for quite a while and um, have really been more uh, maybe inner city focused and uh, east end focused. And so when Dundas came up, I said to Darren, I don't know, like, is this just because we want to be closer to family because he has a brother in Dundas or whatever? So I started praying about it. And as I prayed, um, I really had a sense from God that we were done where we were, uh, that in our neighborhood where we had been investing in things that God was like, you know what, don't worry about the people here. I've got them. You're done in this context. And I was like, okay, so is it Dundas though? And as we started to pray and look into it, it was like God started connecting the dots and um, one evening we were praying with some friends of ours. They actually live in Etobicoke, but we um, often get together with them to pray. And we were um, just practicing some listening prayer. So we were just quiet and praying. And at the end, um, they said to me, you know, Sarah, did God place anything on your heart, a word or some sort of verse or anything? And I was like, yes, but I don't want to share it. And they said, oh, why? And I'm like, because it's not what I wanted to hear. <laughs> and... Um, Sorry, I always get emotional when I share spiritual things. So, um, so anyways, I they said, okay, well, if you have the courage to share it, like there's no judgment here or anything. And so, so I shared. I said, I feel like God said, give me the word stay. And I'm like, I've been wrapping my mind around going to Dundas and like moving out of this neighborhood, and it doesn't make any sense because I feel like God's been leading us towards this ministry. And they were like, yeah, like that doesn't really seem to line up with what we were hearing from God either, this idea of stay. But if God placed that on your heart, he's going to reveal to you what it means. And so they prayed with us and they're like, you know, God just revealed to Sarah what stay means and kind of nothing. And um, then later that evening, I was walking our dog, our uh, pandemic dog, and, uh, and I was walking him and suddenly God kind of made something clear to me in a picture about our dog. And it was like you know when you go to put the food in Lennon's dish and you tell him to stay? And he has to stay and you put the food and then he waits until you say, okay, go, and then he gets his food. And, um, and God was like, it's like that. Like if, if Lennon jumps ahead, you're always like, no, 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 go back and stay, it's not time yet. And then you, but you let him go eventually and, and eat. And it's like, God said, I've got something good for you. It's being prepared, but you just have to wait until I say, okay, go, it's ready. And um, so this isn't like a long-term stay. It's just like, you know, it's not immediate. It's, 
it's coming. And so um, that's just kind of been our posture as we've been praying about um, wanting to move to Dundas. And as you know, the housing um, market is kind of crazy <laughs> the last year. And um, so, yeah, we've just been kind of anticipating what God has for us. And um, and knowing that he has something good, we just have to wait until it's accomplished. And we've been seeing the dots connecting for quite some time now, so we're excited about what he has for us. Super. Now, Darren, you're going to tell us more in your talk, right? A little yeah. bit more. Okay, so we're going to give you the stage now. If you, uh, I, think, I think that's the best way to move forward here. I just want to tell you, though, this is really different for me with Darren. He usually has a guitar and, like, is singing. I'm just realizing, like, how strange it is, like, even to be, like, on a stage with you, but yet you're the one that's going to be speaking, but that's another story. Okay, before you go down, let me pray for you okay. and Sarah, and, uh, and then we'll let, give you the stage. Okay, Father, thank you so much for the way that you are part of our lives, and Father, I just pray for Darren and for Sarah and this new venture that they're doing in Dundas. I pray for an amazing uh, blessing upon uh, each one of them and each one of the girls that you will just uh, allow them to really reveal yourself to each one of them through this new venture. Father, I pray that if somehow people that um, have been maybe turned off with the church or maybe they're just in a bad place and maybe something like what they're talking about is exactly what they need to rejuvenate their relationship with you. So Father, I pray that um, that this new ministry, this new venture uh, will find them and bring them and make them whole in their, uh, their discipleship journey. And Lord, I just pray again uh, for a time that we have now to listen to you through your word. I pray you'll just allow Darren to speak the words that you would have for each one of us and meet us where we need that. In your name we pray. Amen. Bless you, Darren. Amen. Take care. Thank you. Well, it's really good to be with you this morning. And to be honest with you, uh, I grew up, as I mentioned, in a Baptist church. So following the Spirit's leading and having Holy Spirit nudges to kind of move you in new directions is a relatively new thing for me. But as I prepared this message, I've changed it three times, to be honest with you. Um, it, it kind of headed in a few different directions. I was thinking, okay, this is my first Sunday. I won't be at Groundswell anymore. And I really want to share so many things because God is doing so many exciting things in my life. And as Sarah and I were just sitting, we sit on our back deck in Hamilton. Uh, as she mentioned, our, our home in Hamilton just feels like a place where we're just kind of sitting still for now. Uh, it doesn't feel like home like it once did, where we were super connected. But we were sitting out on the back deck one night having some coffee, and we just talked about Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, that simple little passage. And that's where I wanted us to kind of ground in today. So in Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, it says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him or acknowledge him, and he will make your path straight. I've been thinking a lot about that as I've had this season that I'm in right now of big transition. What does it look like to trust in the Lord with all of my heart? What does that look like for you, whatever situation you're in? To trust in the Lord in all things, in the great things and in the challenging things that come along for sure in our lives. To trust in him when we're in this sort of same routine and life kind of is predictable and it looks a little bit the same. Or when we're taking this big step into a new direction. Do we trust the Lord in any of those situations? It goes on to say that lean not on your own understanding. And there are many things in this life that we don't understand if we're honest. Like we form our own thoughts and our own opinions on things. But if we're really honest, if we step back and say, okay, God, I really don't know. I think this. I feel this. But you know. 
God, I just, I just want to trust you because you know. And I don't really know what the future holds. So if I'm trusting in God with all my heart, there's this sense of leaving it to God, which is actually like freeing because I don't have to figure it out. I don't have to have all the plans. I don't know what the next few weeks or months or years look like for our life exactly. I've just left kind of a steady job. I don't know in church these days if anything's steady, but I just left like a, a paycheck that comes into my account every two weeks to step into this new venture. And it's super exciting and it's slightly terrifying, I gotta admit to you. But I'm really excited because God keeps reminding me of verses like this, to trust in the Lord with all your heart, to lean not on your own understanding. And it goes on to say, in all your ways, submit to him or acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. So what does it mean to submit? Well, we're learning that we need to like be still and listen and focus and, and release our hands in some ways and just say, okay, God, I don't really know. You lead us here. And then God gives us a little word or a little prompting. To, and then the submitting piece is like, okay, so I'm going to do that thing that you want me to do. And it's scary, as I mentioned, but it's also exciting. As God reveals his plan to us, we can step into it together. And so I'm going to be talking sort of in the context this morning of our move to Dundas, but I, I've, I've sort of given these five questions that we're going to look at in a few minutes that, that you can apply to whatever context you're in as well, in your neighborhood, in your workplace, um, wherever God has you right now. Maybe you're getting to know some people. Maybe it's even within your family. Um, I just hope and pray that as we think about this idea of trusting in God with all of our hearts, leaning out on our understanding, that he will make our path straight, that you can sort of take something, a little piece of this today, and think, okay, this is actually inspiring for me when I think about this relationship in my life. So he goes on to say, in all your ways, acknowledge him, and then he will make your path straight. He doesn't make our path direct all the time, does he? He doesn't always promise to make our paths easy, but he will make our paths straight. And so straight may look very different in each of our lives as we think about that, but there's this trust that as long as I'm trusting in God with all my heart and leaning out on my understanding that God will direct me and I can release my hands and say, God, okay, I don't get it. I, don't, I can't see the future. I don't know where things are gonna go, but I can trust you for this journey. And when you do, it's an exciting thing. It's a super exciting thing. So where do we go from here? And how do we know what our next step should be in our life? Like I said, in our context, we, we are kind of like praying into this every single day. In your context, things may look a little bit more routine. Um, either way, you can claim these verses and trust that God has a plan. And I have no idea what God's plan for your life looks like, but I'm somebody that would love to come alongside and pray and help listen, and it's something I'm learning in my journey as well. So about a year ago, we, were, uh, I, we have a, this dog that Sarah mentioned, and we brought him to um, the Dundas Animal Clinic. Um, quick history, my parents are divorced. They got divorced when I was really young, and I lived in sort of West Mountain. My mom lived in Kingston, and one year for my birthday, I got a handwritten letter. Remember those? My mom wrote me this letter. She has beautiful handwriting. And I was reading this letter, and I was, I think, about 12, 13 maybe. I hadn't lived with my mom for a long time. And this letter came that said, we're moving to Dundas 
from Kingston. So if you can imagine as a young boy, I'm like, this is the best news ever. I'm like, what the heck is Dundas? So anyway, eventually she moved to Dundas, and Dundas became this place where I got to see my family and my three younger siblings that I didn't spend any time with. And it was this beautiful little place, this little town of Dundas. And so we were in this town of Dundas with our dog, who was in at the animal clinic, and I brought my youngest daughter, Leo, one day. And um, there's a little coffee shop called Domestic that uh, had a window open during COVID where you can go up to the window and get a coffee. I have a little bit of a coffee addiction. And so I, I went and got myself a coffee. My daughter was with me, so she loves the ice caps. So she's like, do you have something like the ice cap? And he said, yeah, I got this Americano thingamabobber. So she got that. So we're sitting on this bench, and I'm just kind of looking up and down the street. It's kind of an overcast day, drinking my coffee and enjoying every moment of it. And I look over, and my daughter's like, He's got that like, sour face of like, this is the worst drink I've ever had. And every time I'm like, Leah, you don't have to drink it. She's like, it's okay. I can do it. I was like, Leah, seriously, I, could, I can drink that for you or take care of that for you. And she's like, no, no, it's good. It's good. And every time I turned away, she's like, it was awful. But in this moment, we're sitting there on this bench right outside the post office, the old post office. And I just had this sort of sense or word from God that, that God wanted me to be in this little town, walking up and down the streets, getting to know the people, getting to know the, the bakers and the coffee shop people, and just sharing Jesus with them in the way that I do. So quick backstory is that I'm working at a church at this time. I've been there for almost three years. And during COVID, all of us, I think, started to do some soul searching and wrestling through like, okay, God, what do you want me to do in my life? When John asked the why Dundas question, my brother and his family, who I'm very close with, we play music together, and um, he, he basically announced that they were going to stop coming to our church, which is in Burlington. And right from the beginning of our church in Burlington, we've struggled with the fact that we left our part of the world to go and be in Burlington and do church, and then we come back to our neighborhood where we live. And that's always been a wrestling match for, my, for us since the beginning. So I met my brother's in his living room, and he said, Darren... We're not going to come back to church uh, after this whole COVID thing ends. Um, we were thinking that we'd really like to get, our get to know our neighbors on our street. And we were thinking, like, why don't we just have people into our home and invite them in and just have spiritual conversations? I was like, that actually sounds amazing. That's kind of what we used to do, and that really appeals to me. And he said, and I think you should come be the pastor. I'm like, the, what? Really? You, like, you want me to leave my job and to come to Dundas and do this? But I'm thinking about sitting there on the bench with the coffee and thinking about this street and this picture that I had. And then I'm sitting in my brother's living room a little while later, and he's saying, why don't you come and do this? So then I bring it to my wife. Sarah, I think God is calling us to Dundas. And she's like, what? Like, well, Dundas? What are you talking about? So we, we drove down one night. We parked our car, and we walked down to a little park called Matilda Park. And we sat there with coffee. It's guest in most of my stories, actually. And, and we had this conversation about what if God could use us to somehow bring the good news to this town? And so we, we really started to pray. And we started to ask other people to pray with us, people that know us, people that care about us, and say, is this something that you sense God is leading us into? And it's been an amazing journey, to be honest with you. Um, right from the very beginning, I remember sitting there thinking, okay, what's that verse that talks about like fixing your eyes on Jesus? And Hebrews 12, too, has become this like 
anchor verse for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus. All of us that are a part of our little community that we have in Dundas, we call it our discerning community, have been just focused on this verse, Hebrews 12, 2, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and projector of our faith. This is um, something that has helped us to just, whenever the distractions come in, whenever the ideas come in, we've all been in ministry a long time. We, have, we could do this, and we could start doing this, and we could, we've just been like, okay, fixing our eyes on Jesus. Jesus, what do you want? We've been asking two, two questions. Jesus, what are you up to in Dundas? And secondly, how can we respond? How can we come alongside? And do you want us to be a partner with you in this? Those were sort of our original questions. So we formed this little discerning community, and we, uh, in the alliance that I'm a part of now, um, I was with BIC for a long time, um, but in the alliance, they, they have this really cool way of coming alongside and giving you some questions to wrestle through. And so we're just people who care about our neighbors. We just really want to get to know our neighbors. But in this case, there was some support there, and they actually offered for me to be able to come one day a week to step away from my other job and to be in Dundas. So every Wednesday, since about September, I just started coming to Dundas and, and sitting there and just literally like sitting in a coffee shop and praying, God, if there's somebody in this room right now that you want me to encourage somehow with a word or something, then just make that so obvious because I don't get that sometimes. So just make it really, really obvious. And people would literally come over to me and say, um, do you mind if I plug my laptop in there? I'd be like, oh, uh, yeah, sure, no problem. And do you need the seed? And, and it was amazing to see just these little tiny conversations. And they weren't like super spiritual. I wasn't, you know, praying the prayer with them or anything. But we were just kind of having these little, little meetings. And the next week I'd be there, I'd see the same person. And they'd remember me and we'd talk a little bit. Hey, aren't you doing some sort of church plant thing here in Dundas? And it was awesome because I was just trusting God through this and leaning out on my own understanding because I, don't, I wasn't trying to bring strategy or, or um, an agenda to it. I was just literally trying to just be open. God, can I encourage somebody today? So in this discerning process, we waited and we listened a lot. And it was painful because I'm, I'm like, I got to get doing stuff. Other people in our little group were just like, let's do stuff, let's do stuff. And we just said, no, I think right now we're just fixing our eyes on Jesus. And so we would listen each week. Uh, Sarah gets words from God. I think it's amazing. I don't hear audible voices, but she gets these words, and it usually is something super cool. There's other people from our group that were getting things like corner lot when we were t praying about our house. And we've tucked that away. And the three houses that we've really seriously looked at and even put offers on so far and haven't gotten, we're all on corner lots. And I, I just, I think that's amazing. That's super cool. There's just been these little words. Youth ministry has another word that has come up a few times. Um, the drive-in park, something in the Dundas driving park. And we've just been trying to trust that um, this is a way of us leaning into this, under, the idea of, of God sharing his vision for us and us trying to step into that. Often I think when churches begin, it's a little bit backwards where we start off with something. We say, okay, this is what we're going to do. We're going to have this and we're going to look like this. We're going to invite these people and this is going to be like, God, can you come and bless this ministry? We've actually tried to do it the other way around. God, we don't know what the heck we're doing. We are just trusting you. Would you lead us and guide us? And then we'll figure out those other pieces later. And that has been difficult. It's been a hard practice, but it's been beautiful. And so we've been really focused in on some 
five questions to help us ground in this. And I, I submit to you that these questions are something that you can apply to your daily life, to your work life, uh, to relationships in your neighborhood. And I am somebody, and Sarah is somebody, that at one point, our neighborhood where we lived, we knew, we knew all the new coffee shops, all the new businesses starting up. We were part of the, the South Sherman hub, uh, the network, uh, the neighborhood, what do you call that? The association, the, the network association. And we went to everything. And at one point in the room, there was a lot of people around there. And we'd look around and we'd go, oh man, they're Christians. Yep, they go to that church. Yep, we know them. Yep, that. It was amazing just to see the way the Christians were stepping outside of just being in their churches. And they were in the community helping with projects that were happening in the community. And we never sort of brought an agenda to it. Our agenda was just love. And so we started to see that happen. And so I submit to you that these questions might be really helpful. If you want to jot these down, um, these might be helpful as you think through what it means in your life to be on mission for God, in your neighborhood, in your context. That's something that you're going to hear a lot from me, that I'm just so passionate about that, that, that I don't think that my relationship with Jesus is just about something that I keep to myself. It's got to be something that I share and live out in my life. And so first question, Jesus, where are you currently working? Jesus, where are you currently working? In Philippians 1, verse 6, it says, He who began a good work in you will be faithful to complete it. So we ask this question, Jesus, wh what are you doing? Like, you're doing stuff for sure. We get so focused on ourselves that sometimes we miss the fact that, that God is actually at work, that he's on the move. And so we focus on ourselves, and we get... We miss some of the things that God is up to. And so we ask this first question. One of the things that we found as we've sat and listened and prayed is that um, there's a Baptist church down on Governor's Road called um, Dundas Baptist, actually. And it, they had a youth ministry program. So we had, anytime you start up sort of uh, home church kind of things, you always ask the question, what, what do you do with the kids? And so our kids went to the Baptist youth group all year this year and made up most of the, of the group, actually. Um, the pastor had two sons that were part of the group, and I think most of the rest were from our little group of people. And it was great, because we could come alongside and support them. And uh, it was a, our kids really enjoyed it. My niece and nephew and our other friends' kids all went to the youth group, and it was awesome. So we saw that Jesus was working in that way, and we were partnering with another church. And again, there was like no threat of, like, we're going to steal your people away, or you're going to steal us away to come to your church. There was nothing like that. It was beautiful. We've also noticed as I've met with pastors, there's Mountainside Churches Planting in Dundas, which is a, a church plant that's coming from Bimbrook. They have a site there, and then they're going to be planting into Dundas. And that's a beautiful story, too, of how they got their building right on King Street. Um, Grace Valley is another church in Dundas. And I've been meeting with these pastors and saying, how can we, as this little group, this new venture in Dundas, come alongside and support you? So it's been, it's kind of beautiful to see. So the first question was, where are you currently working? Whatever your context is, if you're asking these kinds of questions of God, you will start to see, ah, this neighbor always walks by at this time with their dog. What if I just go out and happen to weed my garden at that time and say hi to my, garden, my neighbor? Little things like that become so easy if you're walking with the Spirit, if you're in tune with what God is leading. Second question is, Jesus, what are some specific needs that exist? So we have found this youth ministry thing. Our kids were a part of this youth ministry, and it was going great until they announced to us that the youth pastor was no longer going to be there. 
So I got together with the pastor of the church, who Sarah and I went to Bible college with a long time ago, and said, hey, uh, what's going on with the youth? Like, is this something that there's a need there that we could get involved with? And he said, well, I'm actually leaving the church too. And he said, I'm kind of interested in this thing that you guys are describing. Can I join that? I was like, whoa, this is really weird. Uh, I wasn't expecting the conversation to go that way. But that's something right now as a group we're looking at that maybe in the fall that we come alongside and help support the youth ministry in some way. And, and we don't know exactly what that looks like. But that's one of the things as we're listening, we're starting to see, I think God's leading us in that way in some ways. We're also noticing that there's not a whole lot in Dundas for 30-year-olds 30, 30 to 40-year-olds to do. And so what does that look like? Maybe there's something there for us to come alongside and support in that part too. Third question is, Jesus, what does wholeness and health look like? What does wholeness and health look like? So think of that in your own context, in your own workplace, and in your own family. What does wholeness and health look like? We're finding that um, building a sense of community, a sense of belonging, that people feel disconnected, and opportunities for spiritual conversation are these sort of words that we're getting as we're just trying to practice the presence of Jesus, just being in places. So one of the things that we've done recently, we don't own a house in Dundas yet. And if we did, we would probably have people over to our backyard for the summer, but we don't. So we're driving along one day, and I just had this picture of Dundas Driving Park. And I said to Sarah, what do you think about the idea of us hosting little gatherings at Dundas Driving Park all summer? She's like, I love it. Let's do that. Then we can practice hospitality in a space that doesn't belong to us, and it's public so that people could literally walk up to us and say, hey, what are you guys doing here? So we've been doing that for the last month. Sometimes it's rainy on Wednesday nights, I find. But we're sitting in the park, and we're just kind of praying, God, that guy, I keep seeing that guy with his dog. God, just, just wherever that guy's at right now, I just pray that you would come alongside him, that you would show him your love. God, if we can somehow just meet a need in his life or just be an encouragement to him, I just pray that you'd make that happen. Amen. And that's happening a lot, like really cool things happening, like those coffee shop things. So Jesus, what does wholeness and health look like? Um, in families, that's going to look really different. Like your, each of your families, um, there's probably challenges in, in your families. And so asking God, God, what does it look like and how can I bring peace into the situation? The fourth question is, Jesus, how would a new community of faith be good news? And so this is obviously kind of specific to what we've been doing, but we're, we're praying. There's some church plants starting. There's things happening. So how can this little community of what we're up to be an encouragement to that, come alongside of that, and not with the goal of, of stealing people or, or anything like that? We're just wanting to come alongside. So really cool. I'll make it really quick story, but um, Karen, who's part of our group, um, was Sarah had asked a question one night when we were just discerning praying. Like, do we even know the churches and the things right around our house? And one of the churches that came up was called New Hope. And she said, New Hope, Karen said, I, New Hope, I think I've heard of that one. And Neil's like, yeah, it's right across the street from our house. And she's like, oh my goodness, we've driven by there thousands of times and never even noticed it. So she goes to the church and she notices they have this huge garden thing happening in the back. It's up in Greensville, just on Highway 8 there. And so she walks in and introduces herself. They're having a garage sale. And it turns out she meets this guy who's been running this garden project. So they grow produce that they donate uh, to mission services. And they, and they give back with, with the produce that they grow. But while they're growing, all these gardeners love it. Like they hang out together and they 
have these little get-togethers and stuff. So Karen's, and the church is very small. It's a, it's a small church, and there's not that many people that are part of it. So Karen comes back to us and says, okay, most of our group are, are a band. So like, could we do an event where we come alongside this church, maybe at the harvest party at the end of the year, and we throw this party for them, and we provide some music and stuff for them, and then on a Saturday maybe, and we give out this food to the people, and then on Sunday, like, we'll come and lead worship at their church. I was like, absolutely, that's what we do. Like, oh, okay, let's add that to the list of things that we do. But that's, that's what I'm talking about, like the, to come alongside and be a part and encourage things that are already happening. Um, in Luke 4.18, I love this passage. I was just reading through this again this morning. The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim the good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight to the blind and to set the oppressed free. Uh, like right now, people are craving craving real community. I think people are really desperate to have spiritual conversations. And I think it's a great opportunity for us as followers of Jesus to come alongside and be like a listening ear for people as they wrestle through like, what is God doing in this crazy world right now? And I think it's beautiful. And I think we have an amazing opportunity to do that. So the last question is, Jesus, how are you inviting us to partner with you? And so I leave that with you. Whatever God is laying on your heart, whatever God is calling you into, whatever that looks like in your own neighborhood, on your street, um, God wants to use you. Like, I think that's so amazing about the way that God made us, that he wants to use his body to share the love of Jesus with other people. And if you walk with the Holy Spirit and he guides you, you will see opportunities to share his love and to have conversations that maybe don't start off as a spiritual conversation, but if you pray and ask that God can lead little, sometimes just even a word, you just lead with a word and then all of a sudden your pers- the person you're talking to is like pouring their heart out because they're wrestling through this post-pandemic weird world we live in. And so we are finding a lot of um, Christians that are like kind of done with church right now, but they're not done with Jesus and they want to sort of wrestle through some of this stuff with other people that they can trust and love. And, and so that is another need that we see that we're wanting to come alongside. So our focus has been to build relationships with people without an agenda, being present and available for people, having conversations and actively listening, letting people know that they're always welcome to join us, and coming alongside local churches and organizations. This is not to be, meant to be a, a competition for other churches. And, and so it, it is something that we want to complement. We really do want to, that's our heart, is to come alongside. And so if, if on a Sunday morning you need help with worship here because half your band doesn't show up or something like that, like, you know, give us a call. That's, that's what we want to do. We really want to be a blessing. And so just by way of, of a couple of things to take out, um, prayer. Just I invite you to, to just lean into prayer, just to spend time listening. God wants to say stuff to you, maybe through other people, maybe through a word, and just, just pray, listening and praying, trusting in God with all your heart. The second is to respond to the prompting so that when God does say, hey, Darren, there is that person in the coffee shop you should go and talk to. Well, that's good, but I don't really want to go and have that conversation. No, no, I need to like physically go and have that conversation. And so many cool things have happened. I have so many stories I could tell you, but 
So responding to the need, that's part of that obedience from trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not in your own understanding and all your ways acknowledge him or submit to him. Sometimes submitting makes us uncomfortable because we have to get up and go have that conversation or with that grumpy neighbor that you don't really want to talk to. The third thing is the idea of taking one step. So what is one thing that you can do even today to take a step in the direction of allowing God to lead you, to trust the Lord with all your heart? To lean not on your own understanding and all your ways submit to him and he will make your path straight. I think God is doing something really exciting. And it's not just because I'm starting this new adventure and I have no idea, you know, some of the important parts about um, providing for my family and things like that. But um, I'm really trusting that God has this amazing plan. And he's, I've already seen it. Like, I've seen it affirmed. Sitting on that bench, I thought that was a Darren idea. Like, it would be really cool to sort of be a pastor to this town. And not just a pastor to the people, but maybe even a pastor to pastors to encourage other pastors. And not, not in a way that I'm trying to steal people away from their church, just to be a blessing to them. That was a word that was spoken over me. Darren, you are going to go and encourage pastors. I was like, whoa, that, that wasn't sort of on my, on my radar, but I'm thrilled about that. Um, I just want to finish with this, this verse from Isaiah. Um, I think it it's just really cool. It's from Isaiah 58. So we'll go from, uh, we'll just look at verse 11 and 12. So Isaiah 58, verse 11 and 12 says, The Lord will guide you continually, give you water when you are dry, and restoring your strength. You will be like the well-watered garden, like an ever-flowing spring. Some of you will rebuild the desert ruins, deserted ruins of your cities. Then you will be known as rebuilder of walls and a restorer of homes. The garden imagery in there, the home imagery in there, all of that when I was just studying for this, I was, I was just blown away how God uses these little pieces. And he's just given me these little words, gardens, homes, rebuild, cities. What does that look like? Um, I want to encourage you this morning that, that whatever your context is, I'm not suggesting you all just get up and, and leave your current context or anything like that, but in your current context, just, just submit. Just fix your eyes on Jesus. And just ask God to lead you and trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him or submit to him, and he will make your path straight. Let me just pray for you. Father, I... I'm so amazed that when we get to talk about you, that um, there's that part of us that's like, oh yeah, I remember that. I remember that feeling of being excited about my faith. I remember that feeling of, of you're actually leading me somewhere. I'm not just sitting still. God, we want to be like rivers that are flowing and moving somewhere rather than that pond that just sits still. God, I just pray over every person here today wherever they're at. And, and I acknowledge that not everybody's in a place right now. We've come through a lot in the last couple of years. Not everybody's in a place where they're just like fired up and ready to go and share you with others. But I just pray for opportunities for you to bring others into our lives that remind us of how much we do want to share you with other people. And so God, I just pray over this, this, um, this group of people here today that you would just light new fires, that you would meet people where they're at today. And that, God, you would, um, 
Help us to trust you in the ups and the downs of our lives because they for sure will come and our paths won't be perfectly straight and they won't always be the easy road. But we thank you, God, that we can just trust you and just leave it at that. And so, God, we trust you today. We invite you into every corner of our life. We ask you to just be Lord in in all of those areas. And we give you thanks and praise in Jesus' holy and precious name. Amen.